piss off a section of people who are normally very well-mannered and perfectly fair toward everyone. And no, I'm not talking about Democratic voters. I'm talking about fandoms. So joining us for this is Eli and Ari. So thank you so much for agreeing to uh, put ourselves out there for easy hate. Uh, I'm a brave hero indeed, I guess. Yes. The contents of this skit do not necessarily reflect my viewpoint. Right, right. Except they totally do. They do. Shh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the world of Evermore. I'm Sarah, and I've a, and I'm a Ravenpoe. Thank you so much for being here. I guess it's just one of those things you need to do once. I am so unbelievably excited to be here. I've read all of Poe's books, and I base nearly all my identities on them. We hear that a lot at Evermore. Are you a casker or a hop frog? No, 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 wait. You're a telltaler, aren't you? I am, I am. How'd you get? Raven Poe's are notoriously skilled at categorization and alphabetical order. Those are oddly specific yet also vague identifiers at the same time. Oh, shut up. Don't ruin my fantasy. The works of Edgar Allan Poe are to be treasured, lived out, and experienced by all, like it or not. Exactly, exactly. Now, we can't get into the stories of Poe without examining the true root of his most brilliant work. The dark and melancholic soul of this brilliant genius was brought out by his love, Virginia Clem, passing away at the tender age of 24. Their 11 years together were magical and inspiring, and her death was what brought out the quill of the gothic soundtrack we've all come to know and love. Wait, excuse me, did you did you say she was 24 when she died? Yes. And you, you said also they were married for 11 years? Yes, what's your point? The point is, I've got the name Virginia tattooed right over my heart, with Telltaler under it, so I never forget the most important fantasy work ever created. That's that's fine, but doesn't it strike anyone else as odd that they got married when she was, uh, carry the one, 13 years old? How'd they even meet? Well, she was his cousin. So he married his 13-year-old cousin, and we're all just gonna walk right on past that? It was a different time. Besides, we need to separate the art from the artist. Exactly. Where's the line? If we start examining the problematic aspects of our most famous artists and creators, we either have to overlook their flaws or we start losing art that means the world to And that's why I came to Evermore. 
Poe was the only poet that ever existed and created anything of relevance. He's the only poet you've ever read. And he's my favorite. Okay, don't you think maybe you should at least try reading someone else? I mean, just because Poe was good doesn't mean he's the only one who wrote in that style. Explore a little bit. Maybe you'll end up finding someone less problematic. But we grew up with Poe's work. It was so influential and important and definitive to our lives. You can't ask us to give that up. I can't redefine my identity just because the person who made it actively harmed people. I don't know. It just seems weird to me that you're so quick to cling to separating the art from the artist. But before I said anything, you were praising them. Actually, it kind of seems like you use that as an excuse to hang on to something because it makes you feel guilty if you don't. I really don't like your attitude. Can't we just let people enjoy things? Of course we can, but trying to pretend any problematic aspects of them don't exist is maybe harmful. And maybe people who don't particularly like someone marrying their 13-year-old cousin don't need to be immediately reminded about how much you like the work that person made. But I want to go to Evermore and wear my Poe shirt without having to feel guilty about it, ever. Well, the fact that you do seem to feel a little guilty about it and you need to find some sort of compromise should tell you something. Uh, this cancel stuff is out of control. Oh, nobody said anything was canceled. Well, I've decided that you're canceled. That's right. You're canceled for not letting me enjoy my fantasy adventure without learning anything about the person who made the universe I claim to be so attached to. Cool. Um, you're still here. Yep. But we just canceled you. Yep. How are you still here if you're canceled? Uh, the same way people will likely still appreciate the Raven, even when they learn that the author wasn't the greatest person in the world. Well, then I'm going to block you. Blocking me on Facebook doesn't make me disappear in real life, either. Damn it, why didn't we pick the universe with the magic wands and shit? <laughs> Are there not any magic wands in, in, in Poe poetry? I'm not terribly familiar with it. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> not entirely sure on that. Um, so, if, if you haven't uh, picked up on it, we're kind of talking about a certain fantasy author that has some problematic aspects and has been kind of a shitty person lately. And I'm in the position where I never liked Harry Potter in the first place, so I don't have a great attachment to their work. But I also know that, you know, it meant a lot to a lot of people growing up, and I can understand that. But what we're kind of talking about is the fact that people seem to jump on the whole separating the art from the artist thing the second any of us bring up anything problematic she's ever done or said. So... I want to kind of turn it over to you two because you have more of a, I, I think, perspective on this than I could hope to offer. So uh, why, don't, why don't you catch us up to speed on that? Eli, oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, OK, I guess I'll go first. So I, um, like many people my age, uh, I'm, I'm 31, almost 32 did read Harry Potter as a young person. 
Um, I, I guess was, I was on the older end of people who were into it slightly, probably, but was still a kid, you know, when it came out. So I, I, I enjoyed the books a lot up to a certain point. Then I thought the writing kind of went downhill. And I did watch the movies and enjoy them on some level and so on. But I never was, it was never my primary fandom. It was like a tertiary fandom for me. Like, so I liked it, but I didn't love it. Um, and I've been on the anti-JK train for a while now because she very clearly went to the turf side a long time ago. We just all noticed yesterday or whatever it was. Um, and, I mean, like, I'm not going to pretend like my dislike for certain elements and aspects of Harry Potter fandom don't color that. I mean, I was definitely pretty quick to cancel JK. <laughs> Because, like, the Harry Potter fandom seems to be almost mandatory uh, for people of a certain age. And I never have been a fan of it being so pervasive to the point where I feel othered half the time because I don't obsess over what house I'm in. But at the same time, you know, I, uh, I have canceled things that I liked and, or, or people consider or uh, people who've done bad things. Who have created things that I actually do love a whole lot. So, Ari. Um. So, like Eli, I also grew up reading Harry Potter, and I was pretty much smack dab in that like very sweet spot age range where I grew up at the same rate as the characters did. Even though I was a little bit late among the other people you know, the other kids in my school for getting into Harry Potter. But once I got in, I was pretty into it. Um, I wouldn't, like Eli said, I wouldn't say it was ever my primary fandom, but it was it was probably secondary <laughs> as opposed to Eli's tertiary. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, I've never really thought that much about, like, J.K. Rowling as a person just because, like, it never really mattered to me that much, just because I liked her work. It didn't mean that I had to, like, know or like anything about her as a person. Um, I guess the only place where this gets kind of complicated, and I know, you know, like Eli said, she's been doing, you know, silly stuff for a long time, but most people haven't really noticed, or they've kind of dismissed what has happened because it was just kind of one thing here and there. Um and a, a, another reason why I was never that into JK rolling as a person is because I don't use Twitter. So I don't see what she tweets unless other people are talking about it. Um, so the, the part where it gets a little complicated is, um, so I remember very, very clearly back when it came out that she had, although I kind of doubt it, more now than I did at the time um, when she said that Dumbledore was gay and that she always intended him to be gay and like always thought he was gay um, for me I, I was in like I was in ninth grade and I had just realized that I was queer and so that kind of thing like to, to hear about an author talking about a queer character in a book that was super popular and famous and like she was very open about it I thought that was super awesome, and I was, like, so into into that, just to have some representation in something, even if it was, you know, a character that was already dead by that point, but <laughs> old anyway, but whatever. Um, but, like, now looking back on it, I'm like, how much of that was true that she actually 
did plan that out from the start and how much of that was me first of all being you know 14 or 15 years old and not really having the context for knowing when someone is doing that for the publicity um or just you know I just I just didn't really know what her real true motive could possibly be I just took it on face value because I think at that time that was like the first big thing where she kind of retconned something um and then she started doing it a lot more frequently especially in in recent years you know it's been over 10 years now since that whole Dumbledore thing first happened and she's been kind of picking up the pace with with the retconning like oh there were totally Jewish kids at Hogwarts you just never saw them because they weren't important or whatever but yeah it's it's been a real problem because it sort of brings up some very interesting things about sort of the relationship of fandom and the creators in an era when we all have access to each other in a way because you know when certain people brought up certain head canons, she's been like yes cool of course mm-hmm. and it, it's sort of weird especially given that the representation that's actually in the original canon is so, so hairy. Um, the name she gave to the one, the oh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> like the name she, so the Asian representation that she had was so terrible. Like Cho Chang, y'all. She literally named her character like a racist j- joke, like Ching Chong, Ching Chong, like. Are you kidding me? Like, that's not a real name in the slightest. I mean, Chang and is a real last name. I don't know about Cho, but... It, it would... Cho Chang together does not make a word. Or a name. Yeah. A, like, a standard <laughs> name. Is what I mean. Of course Chang is a real name. But, like, Cho Chang is, like, a joke. Like, she could have read one book by an Asian person from the region she thinks that Cho is from and have come up with, like... Which is never clarified. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, she's a weird mishmash of, like, maybe Korean and maybe Chinese. Who knows? Um, and then the Patels, uh, the twins, the outfits they got for the Yule Ball were so shit. Like, there's no... <laughs> like, my my people make out... So I am Indian. And, like, my people have outfits that'll make you look like a princess. Yeah. Like, we wear that for, like, casual things, you know? Like... I used to go super femme at family events, and I freaking slayed every time, and these were outfits for, like, where I wasn't even related to the bride, you know? Like, we do bling, we do fancy, we do poof, it is just the thing we do. And they give them these sort of, like, it looks like they just got some crappy cloth and just wrapped it around them and was like, here, like, here are your outfits. Like, what? What was that? So, like, First, so I already had a bad taste in my mouth from the beginning because of Cho and the Patels. And then, like, yeah, and then the whole Dumbledore was gay all along. Like, really? Are you sure? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I remember. But I ate that shit up, though, at the time. And I was like, it makes so much sense with what happened in the last book and, like, how he was all obsessed with Grindelwald. And I was like, yes, finally, like, a gay character in something mainstream. IDK, I saw it more as like, oh, of course she's going to say Hitler is gay. (laughs) Like, of course she's going to be like, he's only bad because he was a perverse gay. Dumbledore is a good gay, but then we have literal kind of fascist Hitler 
in the the wizarding world, and he's uh, he's queer. So like, yeah, I guess I guess I had a different. I, I get it though, because like when you're hungry for representation, you'll take anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean we and you were also I, older I, than me at the time, so that that yeah. probably plays into it as well. I had already sought out queer creators and content by then, you know, like ten years ago, and then. On top of that, if we were talking about, say, Disney, I'd probably be more on your side because I am a sucker for the queer baby Disney villains. I am obsessed with them, you know? And they're <laughs> shitty representations, but damn, when I was, like, five, that was all I had. <laughs> yeah, this the, the queer retconning with Dumbledore, uh, all I can think of is Lindsay Ellis talking about the quote-unquote queer reputation or queer representation in beauty the beauty and the beast remake and of course now also this the the newest space battles movie apparently where they're just like oh two seconds on screen you're welcome gays and it's literally because then they can cut that when they release it in china (sighs) (laughs) because they they can't lose that sweet sweet chinese market you know we don't we americans don't stand up to oppressive governments anymore we just make movies with that can be easily cut to satisfy them. Mm-hmm. That's how it works now. Pathetic, really. So basically, you know, it, it's it's not so much that like if you if you, we judge you if you you know like Harry Potter or not, uh, we don't. It's it's just more that I'm sick of it being brought up whenever we're like. Hey, the person who wrote your favorite story is now a blatant turf, as opposed to for years she was a subtle turf. And you know, immediately it's like, but what about the? I want to still identify with the thing, and it's like, okay, we fucking get it. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I have an example of that. Like, so um, people who know me well. Me, you know, either through podcasts or in real life, know that I am a huge Full Metal Alchemist fan, and like Edward Elric is my gender, and like has <coughs> been my gender ever since it first came out in the U.S. and I watched it on, on Adult Swim. And the the voice actor who played Ed Elric, you know, in the original series and all the movies and the video games and the second series, you know, everything. Uh, his name is Vic Mignogna. He was a very, very, very popular voice actor for a very long time because he's a great voice actor. And um, it was found out, um, like, last year, I think, that he was a sexual predator, both to, you know, his female co-workers and, you know, underage girls at conventions, like, did some creepy shit. And my reaction to that was not, oh, but I, st- I still love Full Metal Alchemist, and he's great in Full Metal Alchemist, and, and I'm still going to love it no matter what, which is true. I still am going to love it, <laughs> like, no matter what. I'm not going to... And he's not going to get money from it anymore because he got fired. But um, my reaction was, oh, fuck, like, this feels really shitty. And, like, I have now kind of a moral quandary of, like, am I even going to be able to watch it anymore without thinking about that? And I I haven't since then, but it's not because I'm, like, avoiding it because I just haven't watched it. But, like... Like, it, it, it wasn't that, like, I immediately ha- felt like I had to be defensive and, be, like, justify why I still like Full Metal Alchemist. It was like, yeah, okay, I accept he did this shitty stuff, and I'm not, I don't support him anymore. I don't, you know, want 
any I don't want to meet him or like even though I do still admire his work in the show. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm making sense. You do make sense. And like I guess part of it too is like as not only slightly older but as sort of a precocious fan in some ways. Um, a lot of us went through this already with Orson Scott Card. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, like, gen- uh, uh, I almost said Gender's Game. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Ender's Game, while not as, you know, visibly fandom-y as, as Harry Potter, um, I think if it had come out at a later time, might have been like Harry Potter in that way, because a lot of us did sort of, like, it was our litmus test, like, are you nerdy enough? Did you read Ender's Game? Like, have you read all of the, the sequels and stuff? But then, you know, he came out swinging really hard against uh, same-sex marriage because he's Mormon. Um, although later he sort of walked it back and said, well, it's the law of the land now. And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I guess you're giving up more than anything. I, well, at least you're shutting up. That's the important part. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, fandom, lots of fandoms go through this. And I think the reason why we know about Harry Potter is because it's not a niche fandom, you know, it's so popular and JK Rowling has been very wealthy, although she's given away a lot of it to charity, to be fair, for a very long time. So like, that's the only reason we know. And I, I don't follow Harry Potter fandom a whole lot, but like you mentioned earlier, Ari, that you don't follow Twitter. The only reason I know anything about it because I've been off Twitter for a while, is because um, I actually follow specifically the topic of the spread of turfism in, in England, because mm. it's a big problem there. Like, yeah. the turfism there is just out of control, and so it doesn't surprise me whatsoever that even, like, famous people are getting sucked into it. Um, and so, like, that's the only reason why I, I've known for a while. Um, and that is, I mean, like... I really wish instead of being, you know, people getting defensive about JK or trying to tell people to stop liking Harry Potter as much fun as that can be, because I can be a bit of an asshole about that. Um, <laughs> I, I really wish the conversation was more about, oh shit, how did turfism spread so hard so fast in England that random celebrities who write fantasy books are getting sucked into it? And what can we do about it? Like, that's the conversation I would love to be having, right? And let's throw Graham Linehan in there, too. Yeah. I still don't even know who the fuck he is except for some asshole on Twitter. <laughs> like, <laughs> he he created some shows that there are certain episodes that I still like, the of the IT crowd, um, uh, and a few other, like, just dry British sitcom, you know, nerd type, uh, that, that, that kind of thing. I mean, there are still some episodes of the IT crowd I like to watch, despite the fact that they're created by a turf, so I'm not just preaching sage from a stage here. Like, I understand separating the art from the artist too but let's also point out there's an episode of the it crowd where one of the male characters literally beats the shit out of a trans woman because once he finds out she's trans he can't deal with her anymore and like seriously the last part of the episode is him beating the shit out of her well fun yeah so let's beat the shit out of some other people with a little game that we get to do where we control. <laughs> okay, uh, Eli. <laughs> Who's your cis hack of the week? My cis hack of the week 
is more an archetype than an individual, which I wonder if that'll become the pattern with me on this show. <laughs> the archetype of the allegedly allied this person who absolutely must have a conversation about their personal sexual preferences every time a trans person says anything. <sighs> you know. It could be a post literally saying, except trans children, and they'll be like, but if you're not attracted to certain genitalia, and it's like, this is literally about children, why are you thinking about their genitals, you disgusting person? Uh, but yeah, they always have to have a conversation, or say something like, I've been noticing this too, people saying, it's okay to not be attracted to certain genitalia, and it's like, no one asked you. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> was talking about that. You know, we don't want to fuck you either. Sorry, like, yeah, methinks thou doth protest too much. Yeah, what's your problem? Like, no one's asking you to do that. Just, you know, don't be a bigot. That's all. But yeah, and cis people, if you're listening, <laughs> if you haven't been scared away, like, that is the number one thing you should remind other cis people of, is that being trans is not, like, most trans people, if not all, do not want to get into your bigot pants. So it's okay. Like, it's a, like, you don't have to bring it up every time. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things with turfism is they think that we're just trying to force people to date us. And we're like, no, we're good. Believe it or not, some people want to date us. Yeah. Um, you know, I just completed a book that I went on Tinder to research. And amazingly, like within a day, I had 400 likes. It's almost like... Their fear is about themselves and not us or something. So, Ari? All of us on this call polyamorous. Pretty sure. Like, we, we all have mo not only one partner, we all have multiple partners. So we're not having any difficulty with, with that, you know. That then issue. again, a lot of us are dating fellow uh, trans folks. Um Although I think I have one technically cis partner. But then, of course, people say, oh, why do you trans people all date each other? It's like, well, what do you want? Yeah. To not date you or to date you? <laughs> Am I a gold star trans because I've never dated another trans person? <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> Nobody truly does. That's the problem. Right? Are you a gold star trans if you've only dated trans people or if you've never dated <laughs> I think it would be only because the the gold star lesbian is the one who never uh, dated anybody else but other lesbians. So I feel like that would be the equivalent. So I guess I'm like a I'm like a lead paperweight. <laughs> <laughs> well, take that lead paperweight and drop it on someone's heads with a heck. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, Jeremiah likes to make me watch shitty videos that come from Twitter. I'm shocked. And so, <laughs> he, he sent me one, and it took me a while to figure out what the fuck was even going on in this video, but it, it was of this, you know, young woman on a college campus with a microphone, you know, interviewing some, some random person there, and she's like... So, um, the university, um, some people are saying that to be more inclusive of people, they should put urinals in the women's bathroom so that women who have penises can, can use them. What do you think about that? And the person's like, 
that sounds great. I think that's I think that's an awesome idea. And she's like, okay, so um, they're also saying that we should put tampons and pads for free in the men's bathroom for men who have periods. What do you think? And the person was like, yeah, that also sounds great. I'm in favor of it. And she's like, wait, really? Why would you be in favor of that? And I'm like, and I just, it just then hits you that this person who's doing the interview is not actually in favor of that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she actually, like, phrased it pretty fairly and, like, wasn't coming at it from, like, the the, the straw book man of, like, they want to do all this, like, ridiculous stuff. And the guy's, the guy's like, yeah, it sounds good to me. So, basically, the, the point of this is that that person who was doing the interview uh, turned out to be Caitlin Bennett. Do y'all remember Caitlin Bennett? Oh my god, it's the gun girl. It's the gun girl! It's the girl with the diapers. For... <laughs> and she also got too drunk and shat herself at a party, which are the two <laughs> main things that she's known for. But she was, she got, she went viral, I don't even remember how long ago, for, for carrying like a gigantic gun. And I can't tell you the type of gun because I know nothing about guns on a campus that doesn't allow them and being like, you know, standing up for Second Amendment, conservative rights, and whatever. Like, but, and now she's fancying herself a journalist, and I don't even know what outlet she works for, but, like, they took those clips, and there's there's another clip that's very similar, where she, like, asks the same questions, and the other, the other person is, like, a, an actual libertarian, and is like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Like, let people do what they want. I really don't care. And, like, they took those clips and put them on Twitter, like, hey, look, we owned them. And I was like, what? Like, you did a terrible job of owning. <laughs> like, you didn't even, like, make up anything. Like, you were very fair about it. And, like, it, she is the one who comes out looking so ridiculous, like, being upset about something that literally nobody else cares about. But really, my response to the question about urinals is, no, don't put urinals in the women's bathroom. Nobody likes urinals. <laughs> More stalls. Like, remove the urinals that are already in any bathroom and put more stalls in there. And then everyone will be happy, I think. I don't think, I don't think people with penises like to watch each other pee. I mean, I don't really know. I've never been in that situation. But I don't think, I think most people would prefer stalls. Yeah. If thing doesn't work out, the the worst thing that happened is that nobody used them, and then the university was out five dollars. Yeah, I th- I think in Germany, uh, people with peni are actually uh, suggested to sit down to pee. Uh, they have signs that say, "Please sit down to pee." In you gotta sit down. Just go in a stall. You can stand up. You 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 don't have a urinal at your house. Probably you stand up and pee in the toilet. It's fine. Whatever. I mean, I'm not telling you what to do, but yeah, Caitlin Bennett is just a ridiculous person who just like is so upset about something that literally nobody else cares about except for people who are way too concerned with other people's private business. And good, good on the actual libertarian guy in one of the videos who was like, yeah, you shouldn't care about this. It's people's personal liberty. I, I aggressively do not care. And with the whole standing to pee thing, like, I have talked to cis men who, like, are not comfortable with it, you know, like, with the urinal or trough situation. And, like, that's fair. Like, not everyone wants to take their junk out in front of other people. And, like, 
growing up like with my Muslim family, Muslim men are actually discouraged from standing to pee because urine is considered impure and you get pretty splashy when you stand to pee, you know? So it's like, yeah, everyone deserves to be able to use the bathroom privately for sure. I think what you're saying is that we should put the urinals in the women's bathroom so we can own the Muslims. <laughs> is that right? Oh my gosh. Because they might actually do that. that. <laughs> it, would, it would be that, that meme with the sweaty guy who can't choose which button to press. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking as someone who is now about, oh, 15 months peni less. Uh, the only time I've ever missed being able to stand to do it is when I'm terrified to go into a public restroom and I can't, I need to find somewhere on the side of the road. Like, uh, you know, if I'm driving on a road trip or something and that's happened maybe twice. So, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of not having that option anymore. So I would also like to heck, of course, Ricky fucking Gervais, who again, from Britain, uh, Smart enough to know better, but apparently not. Um, I guess you can just wave away uh, going on hella transphobic rants if you say they're just jokes. Uh, when they're not jokes, they're really just being a fucking transphobe. And, you know, even we had Kevin Hart, who got, you know, pushed out of hosting a, a, an award show or whatever, but... Uh, it, when it's us, nobody cares, and it's just frustrating because even, you know, he's he's an atheist, so there's a certain s segment of the atheist community that uh, is probably praising that shit, and it just, it, this is someone who's smart enough to know better, and I'm just sick of hearing about him. So, uh, heck, Ricky Gervais, uh, now and repeatedly. All right. So, Eli, have any of the cis in your life done okay? One of my friends who I will not name because it might embarrass him, uh, recently started, well, he's been talking to this uh, woman for a while, and she's meeting up with him soon, and he's thinking things might get a little, a little naked and steamy, and she's trans, and... He's like, first he asked me if he could ask me and if I had time. And I was like, yes, sure. And then he asked me, you know, like, what are some things he might keep in mind? And, um, you know, I gave him very general uh, pointers because, you know, I can't speak for her. She can only speak for herself. But basically, I told him to, like, you know, do, do what you should do with every partner, which is to let them take the lead if you're unsure and ask questions, but not too much all at once, you know, contextually appropriate questions and so on. And he was just so gracious and sort of modeled a good way to ask a trans person questions about sexual things that, you know, he deserves a shout out. Good. Good. Uh, Ari? Don't send me your hate emails, okay? I'm only talking about one specific thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Elizabeth Warren. Don't send me your emails about the, the Bernie-Elizabeth fight, which I really don't give a fuck about. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm saying Elizabeth Warren for myself hating sis because uh, apparently, from what I see in the news, she keeps on bringing up trans stuff in like debates and interviews and other things. Um, so she has recently brought up um, the problem of trans women being sent to men's prisons and the 
you know, horrific things that can happen to them there on top of the humiliation of, you know, being constantly misgendered. Um, she, uh, from, from what I heard again, I don't, I don't watch the debates live. I just, uh, kind of see what comes out of it later, but, um, they are saying that she brought up um, violence against trans women of color in the debate that happened last night, which is super awesome to talk about on a on a stage that big. And I also read, um, which somehow I missed, uh, but apparently she's planning on like if she becomes president, actually like doing something for Trans Day Remembrance every year and and reading out the names. Wow. Holy crap. Like, how did I not hear about this before? That's, that is, that would be a huge, huge step, um, I think, for, like, trans visibility in this country. Like, the president, like, like commemorating Trans Day of Remembrance is, like, a huge deal when we've just, you know, consistently had for the entire history of this country a string of presidents who either just totally don't acknowledge that trans people exist or are actively working against trans people or kind of pay lip service to trans rights and then don't really do much about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely props to Elizabeth Warren for, um, you know, bringing up this issue and letting trans people know that she actually sees it as an issue and something that's worth talking about. That's how low our bar is, cis people. Just acknowledging us is worthy. <laughs> um, mine goes to uh, the hosts of the But uh, You're Wrong About podcast, uh, Michael Hobbs and Sarah Marshall, because I have been binging that podcast for a few days since I heard about it. And uh, specifically the episode of Stonewall, um, just clearing up misconceptions while also acknowledging the need to sort of mythologize some of the things that happened, because most of us don't know our history because we're not taught it. And I I feel like handling an issue like that that is so important to so many people with such grace and nuance and um, being able to, you know, research what really happened, but also acknowledging why people attach themselves to certain narratives and people, even if they didn't do necessarily exactly the thing that they said they did. Um, I feel like that's really important work, and I'm glad there's someone out there uh, doing it with a huge platform. <laughs> so if if you want to give us a huger platform, you can at patreon.com slash QAF, uh, where you can contribute to our cis hacking fund. In fact, if you give us enough money, we'll heck you every week, probably. Uh, you, you can't be the self-hating of the year because Steve Shives is just undefeated at that shit, but uh, we'll, we'll heck you every week if you like. You can, you can be self-hating of 2020. That has not been decided. It's January 15th. We got a lot of time to go. You know, maybe Steve Shives will fall from grace or maybe he'll stay at his current level of grace and someone else will turn out to be even more self-hatinger. You know? Huh? There's plenty of time for us to find out. Well, someone's got to step the fuck up and make that happen. So <laughs> do better. Waiting. <laughs> so we will see you next week. Uh, thanks for being here. And uh, heck the sis, of course. Heck the sis. Heck the sis. <laughs> it's a chant now because we are in fact in a cult. <laughs> Close your eyes and scare me. Oh